0: Hello and welcome to the Pack to My Mike Grimes here today with Pat Abendroth. And Pat, today we're going to be talking more about objections. Objections. It's like 2.0 because we
1: did objections yes. last week. So if you're thinking, I've already heard this episode. Oh, no, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't. You haven't. <laughs> this Any- is number two. We might even do a number three because there are many objections. Yes. And we want you to be ready to answer those objections. Yes. What else so, is going on, Mike? What's not happening? A, not
0: a lot going on. Uh, I do have something interesting today for you. Ooh. You know, I was thinking about that- this. We used to do... Fun, interesting little things like you know where we taste something, yeah. And we haven't done that for the longest time. Well,
1: let's let's get with the program. And so here. I have I have
0: a little something for us to taste here. This could be painful. We may not make it through. the Uh-oh, episode. Oh, this is the
1: big reveal. I Mike just pulled something from under the Pactum recording desk studio thing. Yes.
0: What is it? I can't read. I, it from okay, over here. these these are uh, hers. Is a brand of
1: chip. Never heard and of it. And these
0: are Carolina Reaper flavored. <laughs> oh. It says extra hot. Choose your heat. And the dial, it's all the way past the end of the oh, dial. Oh, we like this kind of stuff. So I was given these by a church member. Uh, she frequently gifts me really, really hot, hot and stuff. spicy chips. I can and hear you opening the hot you chips. You hear that? I'm going to give them a smell. Ooh. I think I can smell the heat. So might, grab yourself. This might be a hard thing, episode to
1: do. Oh, they're like this, Cheetos.
0: Yeah, they're like Cheetos, but they're Carolina oh Reapers. So, this is
1: not the kind of thing you're supposed to eat before you record a show. It's Although, gonna be all right. You know what? Years ago, R.C. Sprull, when yeah. I was, he had I had him for a class, he said that uh, as a public speaker, you should eat chips, and that's all I needed to hear. I need to eat chips.
0: Eat chips. You know, <laughs>
1: oily kind. You yes. know, like Lay's potato chips. Do you know why? Tell me.
0: The reason you would do that. Uh, this is a singer
1: trick as well, is because the oil helps cut your throat. I thought it was just to, you know, justify doing bad things. No, there's
0: all sorts of all sorts of tricks. Chips is one of them. So this could be great for our episode. Okay, here we go. This is the Carolina Reaper.
1: Let's, what's the crunch factor? I don't. know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: waiting for the mm. Reaper heat. It's got some good initial heat. Let's see
1: this. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm. I can feel it. I like it. I like. It's that. not
0: as hot as I expected from a Carolina Reaper.
1: It's true, I, but I'm, I'm a fan. I could eat, eat the whole bag. How about my, that?
0: My mouth is watering
1: now. Ooh. <laughs> I, might, I might sweat. It's going <laughs> to make for a better episode. I'm a little weaker than Pat is. It's going to be spicy. I like it when you sweat. Really?
0: Uh-huh. I I don't. I don't like it that hot. Those so,
1: are those are pretty good. Well, I bought some Carolina Reapers, and then I've learned enough. I'm not very smart, mm-hmm. but I, did, I know enough to put on the rubber gloves. You put on gloves. That's good. And then you cut them, and then you do all that, and then I cooked them on the grill, and then dried them out, and the whole thing, and... It's mm. kind of kind of a good thing to have. Well, those were pretty good. Hey, Thank you, Lisa. You know? Thank you, Lisa, for the chips. Yeah, thanks, this is Lisa. A those thing. are
0: fantastic. Thanks for listening to our taste testing with the
1: team. <laughs> we haven't done that for a long time. <laughs> I think it might be. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. <laughs>
0: All so- right, so we're talking about objections here. Again, this is 2.0, so if you haven't heard episode 105, go back. Check that out, Objections to Christianity.
1: We talked about things like uh, you know, bad Christians, like yes. bad behavior, so I don't want to be like them. We talked about oppression. Christianity is oppressive. We talked about scholarship. We talked about how there are many different religions. We talked about how could a loving God allow suffering, those kinds. Today we're going to talk about love uh, because, you know, love is love. It we're is. going to talk about Christianity's, yeah. oh. and that's an important one that you may not have heard of, but you probably have faced it before. Read Da Vinci Code, mm. and we're going to talk about science. And uh, hurt, trust the science. Hurt, that's right. Follow the science. And so we're going to talk about having your feelings hurt by Christianity hmm. if you're a snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> so but I, I hate doing all of these false starts, uh, Mike, but I did hear a rumor today uh, oh, in the Pactum rumor. verse. And the rumor that I heard is there might, there might just be a Pactum. <gasps> I better say it quietly, a Pactum conference coming up. So you didn't hear it here because it's just a rumor at at this time. But October 6th through 8th, 2023... Uh, if you're if you're a planner aheader, if you're a planner aheader, <laughs> you should probably mark out planner, October sixth day, twenty twenty three. <laughs> and uh Omaha, Nebraska is not a bad place to be in early October. Fall Weather's in Nebraska. Nice. Usually yeah. pretty nice. And that. we'll tell you all the secret spots to go to where Warren Buffett likes to have lunch, where he likes to have dinner. Yeah. You might like even that. see him
0: at the Dairy Queen. It, it's true. It is true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, looking forward to that, but more details to come. We're just giving you the way ahead heads up. We'll, we won't we will tell you the speakers, and we won't tell you there's going to be a yeah. conference in October.
0: Yeah, it's all a rumor. It's all hearsay. <laughs> or
1: you know, the other thing I'm doing right now, Mike, is I'm getting ready to go to Israel. You so are, that's, that's on right. on my mind. Might record a little bit there yes. with my brother. Yes, no-co, Mike uh, Avendroth. I'm going there in a couple of weeks. So. That'll be awesome.
0: All right. So let's actually get started here in earnest. Okay. Objections. Uh, first one we're going to talk about today is love. Mm-hmm. Christianity is rejected by some in the name of love.
1: Sounds like a U2 song.
0: It does. Oh, we're
1: going to do a lot of songs here. It's There's true. Plenty of love. Rejected so. by some because they say, well, you know, I'm not a Christian because, you know, love. Love is love. my religion. Ziggy yeah. Marley's second al- solo album was Love is My Religion. I and mean, I got yeah. that stuck in my head now. Yep. Uh, implying that, you know, you don't need written laws. You don't need doctrines or dogmas or rules, things like you have in Christianity. My religion is love. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> my neighbor has that bumper sticker. Seriously? Not even kidding. But it's probably not Ziggy Marley. No, it's not. But it just says my religion is love. I don't know how many people have the last name Marley, but it sure seems like maybe uh, old Bob had a lot of kids. I think so. It seems like. Okay. Do you ever listen to Bob Marley Marley music? No,
0: I don't. I mean, Don't Worry, Be Happy is about as far as it gets (laughs) for me.
1: (laughs) It's super interesting because not a Christian, but so many of the themes are Christian hijacked. Oh, sure. So you could listen and think, this is a great Christian song, but it's actually, you know, cultic. But sure. anyway, yeah. Uh, how about love is love? Yes, I've seen that yard sign before. Oh, maybe most hey, definitely. in your neighborhood where, I, where you live. I would not be shocked or surprised. <laughs> love by that. is love. That's kind of a big slogan these days. Yep. Um, don't tell me or anyone else things about Christian morality because I do whatever I feel like doing, because, hey, love is love. Yep. That's an, obje- uh, an objection to Christianity, actually, sure. even yeah. though it might be veiled. I even once, Mike, along these same lines, once heard the great American theologian Oprah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I once heard her say she was critiquing or criticizing traditional Christianity, and she said, God is love, and therefore, love is God. Oh, so, things that make you go, "Mm, okay, (laughs) there you have it. We should probably respond to this. Uh, So it comes in all different kinds of forms, but it has something to the effect of, I don't need religion. I just have love. Love is love. I do whatever I want to do. Don't be oppressive. That kind of stuff. So how, how should we respond?
0: Well, I mean, we would want to agree with people that love really is important Right.
1: That's a great place for us to start. Yes. Love
0: is important. It's not something we want to set aside
1: and just forget about. We're all in as Christians. You heard it here on the Pactum. Yes. Love is important. It is important. (laughs) (laughs) So, so far, so good. Yes. Um, But we also know as Christians that the Bible teaches that God is love. Mm Mm-hmm. And so first John chapter four, verse eight. And so we want to actually go, if he is love, we would want to start with him, not start with ourselves to try to figure out what love is. Yeah. Uh, we would also want to say Christians are called to love. It's right. not optional right. for us. As a matter of fact, when maybe Ziggy Marley doesn't like uh, formalized religion and things like rules and laws. Love is his religion. According to the Bible, he's saying law is my yeah, religion.
0: Yeah, love is the law.
1: <laughs> it is a Christian yeah. law, right? right? To to love God and love neighbors. Right. So we're called to love uh, God. We're called to love other Christians. We're called to love other fellow humans in general. Yep. Jesus even taught Christians uh, that they're to love their enemies. Mm-hmm. So, yep, love's important. Yep, God is love. That's how important it is. <laughs> yep. And uh, we're called to love, but... Well, maybe we should say one more thing. We're being a little lighthearted. It is so serious um, that the Bible says this. It's so such a serious topic that it says in First John chapter four, verse eight: Anyone who does not love does not know God, hmm. and that's because God is love. Oh, the Carolina Reaper just went in my throat. <laughs> it just helped him. It Help just, him. it just bit me. <laughs> really, I had this like moment of, uh oh, what was all all that about? Oh, really? Mine's passed. Yeah, I'm good. Interesting. I might have to have a drink of coffee from my Harry Potter, Your Harry Potter coffee. Owl. Is that, it's an owl. It's yep. the owl. Yeah. I've never see, I don't know anything about Harry Potter. So I went to Harry Potter World you did. one time. You so did. My yeah. kids bought me the mug because why wouldn't dad like to drink coffee out of an owl mug? That's right. It's exactly right. You know, when you go there and they have like the owls up in the rafters of the snack yes. bar area, uh-huh. and they even have owl poop up there. Are you serious? So they're fake owls, but... <laughs> They're they're real fake owls. So you have real fake owl poop. How about that? Do we say poop on the pactum? Of course, we just did. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan in the world, but going to Harry Potter World I've heard it's fantastic. Thing we had to take out like a fifty thousand dollar loan. Yeah,
0: second mortgage to to go. Yep. It happens.
1: <laughs> oh, the funny story is then, plus we also thought we'd buy our own groceries to save money. And so we oh, yeah. went and bought like $300 worth of groceries <laughs> just because we have a kitchen. And we got there and we have a microwave.
0: <laughs> <So> <laughs> That's all you have.
1: <laughs> we threw away all this food. The
0: microwave those hot dogs.
1: It was not <laughs> really very helpful. Bummer. Okay. So – in in all seriousness, we are very serious about love. Christians, it's not an option. It's right. a mandate. Yep. We take it very seriously. We can know all kinds of things, the Apostle Paul says, but if we don't have love, it actually is meaningless. So we put, we put a priority on love, not saying that Christians are great at it, not saying Christians are perfect at it. That's why we need a savior. We talked about that last time. But we do put a huge priority on love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having said that, giving pushback to the love is love kind of campaign. Right. Yes. We would want to make sure as Christians we understand that we're called to love in a way that honors God. Yes, yes. Yeah, so if important. there is a God, one true a one true and living God and we are his subjects because he made us, we should honor him. Yes, So we're going to love in a way not that we feel is right or that we think is right or we sense is right. Uh, we want to love in a way that honors God according to his creation, according to his created order. Um, so we we would never really be loving if we're doing something that's untrue. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, we would not actually be loving even if we said love is love if it's harmful uh, to ourselves or others. So it's got to be within the light of what is true, what is what is good, what is good for others, what is not harming others or ourselves. Uh, and now all of a sudden, we've disqualified a lot of things that are called love, right? Yeah, um, as, as as truly being love. Yeah. So we're looking for that which will be for the good of others, the sustained good of others, to bring true happiness, not fleeting emotionalism, but true lasting happiness, true human flourishing for the long run. Uh, This is just sanity, really. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's the, sadly, oftentimes the opposite of what people mean when they say everything in the name of love. Right. Yep. That's very different. Yeah. We probably should also acknowledge the fact that, we, we, we mentioned this last time, but in John three sixteen, 16, uh, it says that God so loved the world, and it's probably not understood correctly to say, for God so mm, yeah. much loved the world, Yeah, uh, although I think I he loved the world greatly. The idea really is uh, that God loved the world like this. Yes. So here, if you want to know how God loved the world, uh, that's an important thing to know about. Let, it, let us tell you uh, how God loved the world, and he loved the world like this that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life right so it's not really up to us to say here's how god must love yep and here's how we can love and now all of a sudden we're independent free agents that could do whatever we want and define god however we want in reality god made it clear how he has chosen to love a sinful world it's through his son yeah yeah so keep your Brains turned on, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Christian, as you're thinking about this, and you face these kinds of objections to Christianity, maybe coming from inside your own family sometimes. Sure, yeah. uh, Maybe sometimes from the outside, from enemies. uh, But it's a real one, one you should be familiar with and be ready to um, respond to in a way that is thoughtful, a way that is loving. Loving. (laughs) (laughs) We speak the truth in love, right? Yes,
0: right. That's right. Okay, let's move on to a second objection. We're going to do four of these today, objections to Christianity that we hear, how we can respond to them, how we can be thinking rightly about them. The second one is Christianities. Christianities. I would.
1: That sounds like manatees. It does. Or something yes. that would have in like Florida. manatees. Yeah. So you may not have heard of this one, um, but as we explain it, I think you will say, "Oh, that makes sense to me. I know what you're talking about now." Sure. Yeah. But there are times when people, especially people who are critical of Christianity, talk about Christianities in the plural, uh, as to suggest that there is more than one Christianity. Hmm. So, yeah. because there, there's more than one Jesus, there are so many different quote-unquote faith traditions, and uh, they're all legitimate. You just choose the one that fits best for you. Yeah. Uh, sort of like, do I want McDonald's or Burger King right. or Wendy's or whatever, Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A, yes. So, there are all these different versions. None of them is more legitimate than the other. So, this fits. This is popular right now. It fits with kind of a postmodern mindset. Right, yeah. There's no absolute truth, and we are infatuated with this one right now as a culture, by and large, and... In for the sure, United yeah. States, because we love diversity. Oh, it's yeah. all about being infatuated with diversity. Mike, is diversity good? Oh, sure.
0: Yeah, diversity's good. <laughs>
1: okay, so we do like but, certain yeah. kinds of diversity. Yes, right. Maybe to to fit with our theme, we like certain kind of diversities.
0: Yes, there you go, diversities, <laughs> yes, we like those. Variety
1: is good, there are a lot of different things to enjoy in life, uh, absolutely a lot of different kinds of good diversity, but when it comes to, uh, there's no such thing as absolute truth, Sure, yep. and truth is in the eye of the beholder, and it's my truth, and it's your truth, and this sort of thing, it, this is trouble brewing is right. what this is. yes. Um, But what happens is in scholarship even, there have been those who have said, well, when you really study history and when you really study the history of Christianity, what you find is there's not really one, there are many, hmm. and there are many Christianities in the ancient world, not just one. And what's happened is, you know, the oppressors, the, the ones who oh, won, sure, and they yeah. wrote the history, yep. um, they just chose Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to right. fit their agenda. But in reality, there were other gospels, yep. Yep. ooh, secret Gnostic gospels, right? There you go. Right? So and they would say so. Really, what we need to do is offer, uh, you know, all of the other ones to people, um, yep. so they can choose their own version.
0: Right, because at the time that was the popular choice. That was what the majority chose. And so maybe perhaps now. The true. majority, or yourself, you might choose something different.
1: Yeah, and I think you're even you're even being too too um, too positive. Some no. of the, the scholars are going to end up saying, "Well, you know what? There are all these different ones, and it's just the the meanies. Mm. The meanies did the sure, yeah, did the four. So <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so we see this popularized today with things. It shows up in things like the Da Vinci Code. Sure. So, movie, yeah. the book, probably even more so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this theory is alive and well in in fiction like that. Yeah, it's presented as nonfiction. Um, the author would even say it's based upon nonfiction, but in reality, it's fanciful. Um, and we hear it from people like Bart Ehrman, who you know, grew up evangelical, yeah. so to yeah. speak, and became uh, an antagonist toward traditional Christianity. Sure. Um, it goes way back, though, this kind of Christianities movement. It goes way back to a guy named Bauer hmm. uh, in Germany, 1934. Um, and then it was translated. His work was translated in 1971 in English. And I thought it was just kind of a dead thing. Hmm. But in reality, it's it's really popular. So he basically says, you know, what was what is orthodoxy now um, was not. There were there were all of these orthodoxies, if you will. There's mm-hmm. all these different options, um, and so it's a problem because it's so popular now, and it's popular in academic circles as if it's all true. Mm-hmm. So we would want to respond to it. So, yep. there aren't many different Christianities. There's actually one. Yep. Um, there weren't many first century gospels. Uh, there were four, but we're told by the likes of the airmen, uh, people of the world, and others that there were many different gospels. And again, we've just chosen these four. And if we could just get back to giving people more options, then. We could be more tolerant, right, yeah. more accepting. So, right. here's what we want to do in this next portion of this episode, and we think you'll benefit from it. And that would be uh, offer some responses. And we're going to, we're going to lean heavily on the gleanings of Michael Kruger.
0: Yes. So Michael
1: Kruger is um, somebody who's done a lot of great work when it comes to these kinds of issues. Yep. Yep. So we'll link to his website, Mm -hmm. michaelkruger.com. Also, I think I'll quote later from his book called the heresy of orthodoxy where he's responding to these kinds of things. Yep but he has four really good points to respond with. Yes. And yeah. I would encourage you as you're listening to this to know something of these four points because what what, what it will happen is you'll be better equipped to respond to this way of thinking. Mm-hmm. That there are yep. many Gospels, the Gospel of Peter and Gospel of Thomas, Thomas and other and, yeah. Gospels, and then there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And uh, if we could just have more choices, maybe uh, we'd realize that Um, We shouldn't be so dogmatic. We shouldn't say, this is who Jesus is, and he's the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by him. We wouldn't say things like that. Right, yeah. Okay? Yeah. So let's do the four. Yep. Uh, You want to do the first one?
0: Yeah. So the first one, when we're talking about the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Michael Kruger, in talking about that, says, four. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are the earliest Gospels we have. They're the only ones uh, from the first century. That, so okay, uh, that's wow. right there of significant importance. Absolutely. They're,
1: Even if I hadn't just had a Carolina Reaper right. a Cheeto, I would have had a hard time getting my, my breath.
0: Right. So they're the only ones from the first century. None of the apocryphal Gospels are first century dated. That
1: That is really something good and important to remember. Yep. So, so. some
0: have argued that the, the Gospel of Thomas –
1: was but it's always disproven. Yeah, now and then somebody tries to to swing for the fence. Yeah. So yeah. please remember the four Gospels are first century dated and none of these other so-called Gospels are first century dated. So, and if you didn't hear me clearly, the four (laughs) Gospels are first century and these other so-called Gospels, uh, hidden gospel, mystery gospel, all this kind of stuff um, that that they come later. And it's important when you're looking at things that are historic, you say, I want it to be as close to the time when it really happened uh, to the time when it happened. I want to get the facts straight. You're much more, likely to get things right if you're closer to the actual events, Right. thus Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, first century, remember this too, that's when there are still eyewitnesses uh, yes, who yeah. are living. Right. So you're going to publish a gospel, you're going to publish the gospel according to Matthew or Mark or Luke or John, um, and you're making stuff up yeah. uh, when there are still eyewitnesses around. Yeah, that's not going to work out. You're going to work really hard to make sure you don't include things that you made up, or it's going to become discounted right, right away, right? right. People yes. laugh at you. So there's that. Yep. Uh, Kruger offers another point in one of his lectures that we're borrowing from here, uh, and that would be that the four Gospels, the traditional Gospels, there's a reason why they're in our Bibles, because they're first century, also because they're the only ones that are connected to the apostles. Mm, yeah, The apostles are the official ambassadors, if you will. They're eyewitnesses. They had to see the risen Christ. Uh, and so that's, that's significant, um, who ha what gospels have a-, a legitimate connection to the apostles? It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So do we want eyewitnesses? Of course we do. Right. We're yeah. talking about history. So when you look at something like the so-called gospel of Thomas, we say so-called gospel of Thomas, because it's not the Thomas who was a follower of Jesus when right. Jesus was alive. Right. It's someone using the name because it's later. He couldn't have been alive. Right. The author of the Gospel According to Thomas could not have been alive during Jesus' time because it comes later. So keep that in mind. Yeah, important. Yeah. Yep.
0: Okay, so a third thing that uh, Kruger talks about is that the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they actually lack the bizarre stuff that some of the later so-called Gospels
1: Oh, have like a talking cross yeah. <laughs> in the Gospel According to Peter? <laughs> Yeah, it might make for an interesting animation, um, but um, when you compare it to the four gospel accounts, you're like, that would never be in there. Right. Uh, And there are other things as well. So they show restraint. Yes. And you don't have things that maybe you're curious about. So some of the other so-called gospels maybe attempt to satisfy our curiosity. Sure. And we're like, hmm, I wonder what Jesus was like when he was a teenager. Right, yeah. I wonder what kind of things he did when he was... Eleven years old, yeah, that sort of thing. Um, we don't have that in the four Gospels. Uh, they they're they're not going out of their way to record the bizarre stuff. They're giving you the facts, what you need to know. Yeah. Uh, that's what we mean by they 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 show restraint um it's not the kind of weird magical fanciful right, stuff yep. so then when you have that kind of stuff in later dated so called gospels uh which one are you going to think is you know not like one of these things does not but belo- one of these things is not like the other <laughs> right, one yeah. of these things just doesn't belong yeah. <laughs> you go yeah that's pretty weird <laughs> yeah. it's late dated and a talking cross talking cross mm-hmm. yeah yeah probably know. not yeah christians are not the crazy ones for ble- believing in Matthew Mark Luke and John So maybe one more thing that Kruger offers that I think is helpful, uh, and that is the only ones recognized by the early church. So the broad acceptance, widely accepted by the early church. Guess what? You heard it here on the Pactum, the four Gospels. The four Gospels. So Irenaeus in the 2nd century which ones does he affirm the four mm-hmm. uh, and only the four and manuscript evidence is plentiful when it comes to the ancient world sure it's yeah. Matthew Mark and Luke and John and then you go later and you say well you know, what what kind of evidence do we have for the Gospel of Thomas um, well maybe we have uh, four manuscript fragments and yeah That's, it doesn't yeah. It's, it's 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 really laughable when you do a comparison uh, but people like to buy mystery. People like to buy the new and the novel. Oh, sure. And yeah. especially when it means, you know what? Now I can believe kind of whatever I want right. to believe. Right, yep. Gives me this is love. the whole debate. This is the whole objection of... The Christianities, there are various versions, and uh, if we just knew the truth about all of them, then we'd have more options, and we wouldn't have to be so oppressed by Christianity uh, and that sort of thing. <laughs> the reality is, the Bible that you hold in your hand—if uh, you hold a Bible in your hand, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the traditional text—well, guess what? That's what Christians have affirmed, right? Um, and you're doing you're doing it the right way when hmm. it comes to historic textual credibility you know pre bauer yep. pre what's the other guy's name i'm gonna call him Earhart. airman airman yeah airman. <laughs> Earhart. airman <laughs> <laughs> uh, along these lines um this is going to be the longer of these points, but I just picked up my copy of the heresy of orthodoxy. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it would be interesting to maybe read just a little bit about what he talks about here. When he says he gives this timeline, AD 33, Jesus dies and rises from the dead AD forties to sixties. Paul writes letters to various churches. Orthodoxy is pervasive and mainstream. Churches are organized around a central message. Undeveloped heresies begin to emerge. Hmm. Right, So even when Paul's right. writing, you have Galatians and you're dealing with heresies, Colossians dealing with heresies. So right. They are there, but orthodoxy is the, is the mainstream. Right, yes. uh, 80s, 60s to 90s, the Gospels, as in the four and the rest of the New Testament are written and continue to propagate the orthodoxy, Right. the truth, the yes. classic traditional Christian way that preceded them. Orthodoxy continues to be pervasive and mainstream. Heresies are still undeveloped. 80s, hmm. 90s to the 130s, he says. the New Testament writers pass from the scene, the apostolic fathers emerge and continue to propagate the orthodoxy that preceded them. Orthodoxy is still pervasive and mainstream. Heresies begin to organize but remain relatively undeveloped. Hmm. Two more bullet points. Next one, AD 130s to 200s. The apostolic fathers die out. Subsequent, subsequent Christian writers continue to propagate the orthodoxy that preceded them. Orthodoxy is still pervasive and mainstream, but various forms of heresy are found. These heresies, however, remain subsidiary to orthodoxy and remain largely variegated. So they're not unified, all different kinds. Uh, AD 200s to 300s, this is the last one. Orthodoxy is solidified in the creeds, but various forms of heresy continue to rear their head. Orthodoxy, however, remains pervasive and mainstream hmm. so the chronology doesn't match um the bowers of the world sure this christianities yeah. and they're all equal and they're all the same um it, it just doesn't match it's not how history unfolds right yeah uh, and so i think he does a good job with that the other thing the book is uh, on the more on the academic side of things yeah, that one is yeah but i uh the thing that made me smile uh when i First, first picked up this book. I wanted this book so badly, Mike, that I was in Florida for a couple of weeks taking classes, and I had it delivered to my hotel. Oh, I yeah. felt special. <laughs> Package delivery. So this is an endorsement for, on the back from Don Carson. Hmm. It makes me smile. In the beginning was diversity, <laughs> and the diversity was with God, and the diversity was God. <laughs> Without diversity was nothing made that was made. And it came to pass that nasty old Orthodox people <laughs> narrowed down diversity and finally squeezed it out, dismissing it as heresy. But in the fullness of time, which is, of course, our time, <laughs> diverse, <laughs> diversity rose up and smote Orthodoxy hip and thigh. Now, praise be, the only heresy is Orthodoxy. <laughs>
0: It's clever. It's it's very clever. He goes
1: on to say as widely and as unthinkably accepted uh, as this reconstruction is, it is historical nonsense Mm. and the emperor has no clothes. So, yeah, it is good. It's a good response. I'm really thankful for people like Michael Krueger who helped the rest of us um, to do some hard work and sorting some of these issues out. Yep, He has some really good videos, some good lectures yeah, that are does. pretty easy to understand yep. and yep.
0: follow. Yep, so we'll make sure to link uh, to his website and to uh, the Heresy of Orthodoxy in the show notes. Yep, sounds good. Yep. Okay, let's move on to our third objection to Christianity. This one is science.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. I don't believe in God. I believe in science.
0: <laughs> What is what is that from?
1: That's from Esquileto. Esquileto is Nacho Libre's buddy.
0: Okay, I my no
1: this, on the Pactum. I'm going to say it pactum. right
0: now. Pactum.
1: Uh, I have never seen Nacho Libre. This is going to be a pactum absolvum (laughs) edition today because, I mean, the the older I get, and maybe that's saying something, but the older I get, the more I like Nacho Libre. But you know what we do say today is we say, follow the science. What a slogan that has become. That has become quite a slogan. (laughs) Oh my goodness. You know, I kind of think this point will kind of make its own point in light of what we've just come out of. And being, having been told by people to follow the science. Yes, I think so.
0: I think you're
1: right. I'm not a Christian because I'm into science. Yep. Okay. Right. Well, in all seriousness, people say, you know, I, I've never seen a miracle. And since yep. I'm a scientific yep. kind of person, I can't believe in one yep. uh, or something like that. I've, I have not seen Jesus rise from the dead. We can't, you know, redo it in a laboratory setting. Right. Yep. So therefore, I can't believe it. Um, but you know what that that's pretty lame just because you didn't see it doesn't mean it can't historically happen that's right. not how historical legitimacy works right yep it just isn't uh, hey Mike yeah have you ever seen a photograph of George Washington I have you have? No, I've seen paintings. <laughs> ah, right. That yes. I, I I forgot where I first read that quote or that question, and it's it's a good one. So none of you have ever seen a photograph of George Washington. Uh, and that is because the first president who was ever photographed was John Quincy Adams. Yes. And that was in eighteen forty three. It's a famous picture, as a matter of fact, because it's the first, first photograph yeah. of a president, George Washington. He was born in 1732, died in 1799, last time I checked. So all of that to say, we know George Washington was a real person. We've seen paintings of him and renditions of him. We all think we know what he looks like. We even... So know what he looks like as our first president that we think we've, our instinct is to say, I've seen a photograph. Right.
0: I would say you asked that. I said, yes. And I thought, wait a second. No, I know that was a painting.
1: And Mike even had the show notes. I did. Right. Yep. And I still said it. (laughs) So just because Pat Abendroth or Mike Grimes or you, dear listener, have not seen something doesn't mean it hasn't happened. That's right. So scientific method, sure, I'm all for it. I'm all for science. But at the same time, when we're doing history, um, something can be historic, even though we ourselves aren't eyewitnesses. We just want there to be credible eyewitnesses. Right. Yes. Which is why we have something like Luke's account. For example, read Luke chapter one. Yep. So speaking of science, there's a pretty famous uh, scientist, Mm -hmm. a pretty famous person in the scientific community. Uh, He's an evolutionary biologist. His name is Richard Dawkins. Yeah. He wrote that. I don't know if it's a bestseller or not, but it sure is popular. I don't know how many times it's gone to reprint. The God Delusion. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a player when it comes to atheism. Uh, He despises Christianity. And yet um, he despises this moment, too, because I've heard a lot of pushback. He's mad about it. But in that movie, Expelled with Ben Stein, Hmm. um, Ben Stein pushes him and pushes him and pushes him. And eventually, in essence, um, Richard Dawkins suggests that maybe uh, there is intelligent design and we were just made by aliens. Oh. So. (laughs) There you go. Now, after the fact, he tried to go back on it and really gave, you know, you guys just tried to make me look bad. Right. Guess what? Richard Dawkins, you look bad. Yeah,
0: it's bad luck for sure.
1: Because when you push and you push and you push, it seems that uh, something doesn't come from nothing. Yes. And even he knows that. And so whole new level of ridiculous. Right. (laughs) Now, that doesn't prove there is a God. It doesn't prove biblical Christianity, but you would be fooling yourself and we would all be fooling ourselves if we didn't think um, that scientists have faith in something. Yeah, for example, and that there haven't been Christians who are great scientists sure, yeah. in their field and aren't yeah. now, as a matter of fact. right. Yeah. This one, I think, is even easier for us to address these days. And so if I'm pedaling yeah. my bicycle on a group bike ride with a friend talking about the gospel and they give me objections because of science, I'm more likely to say, so you're telling me You're telling me that uh, because of science, um, I can't believe in God, and you're going to tell me that science tells you uh, that biological men can menstruate and breastfeed? Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right i mean we're we're being told this by people who are supposedly you know yeah. experts Adju- yeah expert scientists and yeah and, and you know what uh, i'm not buying it i think uh, you're you're more in fantasy world um, yeah. right. than science has ever been and that i am um believing in something that's, that's historically credible sure so maybe these are actually good times for us i've actually had that very conversation with a friend when it had to do with abortion hmm. And uh, I just said, you know what? With all, all, maybe okay. It's one thing. I still am against it as a Christian. I'm still against it as a human being. Um, but when you think about the technology that we have today with things like ultrasound, oh sure, yeah, science is not on the side of the non-Christian, anti-Christian. Yes, right. Um, it's actually on the side of the Christian when it comes to life and understanding life. So science is our friend. Christians, yes, uh, yep. it's not our enemy. And so when people say, I don't believe, I, I can't be a Christian because of science, it's a dodge. Um, maybe there aren't hard questions that we don't know the answers to, that happens sometimes. Um, but oftentimes it's a slogan that people hide behind. Well, sure. And so For I, sure. I just don't buy the slogan. Maybe right. it's because you want to keep doing what's wrong, uh, and so you're going to say it's science that's keeping me from believing in God. Right. I don't know the reason, but that would fit Romans chapter one.
0: Yeah. Yep. And I, yeah, I think sometimes people too try to put the pressure on the Christian. If you can't prove it to me scientifically, then no way. So don't, you don't want to feel that pressure. You
1: know, you don't, you don't. And just know that we're we're talking more about history in this particular case. We have a good historic precedent. We have good, we're doing good, credible history. If anybody's doing good, credible history, when we're talking about manuscripts, when we're talking about eyewitnesses, we're talking about historicity, uh we're not Christians aren't having faith in faith. Right. But oftentimes unbelievers think that's what we're doing and it's yeah. they, they think that's what we're talking about.
0: Yep. Yep. All right, let's wrap up our objections here. Last one we're gonna cover on this episode is Christianity Wounded Me.
1: <laughs> I didn't know what else to call this one. <laughs> right? I, yeah, yeah. I I tried to be somewhat generous and not too critical and mean spirited. Sure. I didn't say snowflake <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> right. Um but I did hear this one recently and uh, my wife heard it recently as well. Um, It's, it's, pretty common for people to say things like, well, I'm not a Christian because, uh, somebody was mean to me at Sunday school when I was a mm, kid growing up or yeah. something. Yeah. I just heard someone say, uh, give, give a version of this. You know, I'm not a Christian because when I was growing up, you know, one of my teachers told me about hell. And if I didn't believe in Jesus, I was going to go to hell and it gave me nightmares and how awful is Christianity hmm. therefore. Yeah. 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 And I want to say in response, um, Mean-spirited teachers uh, <laughs> shouldn't be mean-spirited. Right. Yeah, well, I, uh, yeah, let's not make Don't it any, that. that. That could have happened. Let's, oh sure. Let's not. Um, let's let's try to do better, parents. Let's try to do better, teachers. <laughs> but how about if what they told you was true? Right. Um, because yeah. it might have been true. Uh, you know, what about when your parents scared you because they grabbed you by the arm so you didn't get hit by a bus? Oh sure, yeah. Uh, and you might have nightmares about that. Yep. But isn't yep. it good that they loved you enough to do that? Yeah, for you?
0: protect you. Yeah.
1: So there are all kinds of examples of things like that when you're in danger and extreme things are done. Well, actually, that might cause you some turmoil. It might cause you some uh, difficulty, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. Right. So we've got to keep this in mind, um, especially when we're talking about things that are eternal and will last forever. I want people to scare other people about what it means to breathe your last breath and to face the judgment of God for your sins. Jesus talked a lot about hell. He wasn't unclear. In fact, he even used natural disasters, quote unquote, natural disasters to to have a platform to talk about you're going to die too. Mm -hmm. And then comes judgment. And so I think we actually need to not be afraid of this one and know that oftentimes it's just going to be uh, what I would call a head fake to Oh say. sure yeah. yeah I'm not a Christian Because of You know Something that was done to me So it's not Not my fault It's blame shifting
0: Yeah,
1: It's probably more pragmatic Than it is an Intellectual Sure Yep Again not trying to make excuse Excuses for any kind of Abusive things uh, Right But we kind of live in a day When anything is considered abusive Including telling people The truth about Jesus And yep. heaven and hell Yeah So Get over it <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer. There's our pushback. (laughs) Get over it. (laughs) I can see where this one might become more and more popular, though. Yeah,
0: I would agree. Yeah. I think so. Because
1: we're so sensitive and we've not been exposed to hard things. And, you know, somebody sneaks up behind us and says, boo. We have nightmares forever. Um, You scarred me. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe if you're a Christian parent and, you know, your your adult kids put this on you, uh, you know what? Acknowledge that you're imperfect, but you know what? Also acknowledge the fact that you spoke the truth to them and you love them, and that's why you did it. And uh, I don't think you need to have any guilt. Uh, Mm. You you just did the right thing. You're in it for the long haul. You love your children um, when they're small and when they're older, and you would tell them the truth all over again. And isn't it great to know that they were told the truth, even if they weren't told it in a perfect way? Sure. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks for joining us here today on the Pactum. We're so thankful for all of you, our listeners here in the Pactum verse. You can be in touch with us online, on Instagram, on Twitter. You can email us, connect at thepactum.org. We'll see you next time on The Pactum.